0: Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and on today's episode, I'm going to talk about the booking of Kenny Omega since his return to AEW after that very long injury that he had, and talking about how it's affecting AEW as a whole. Um, This kind of... I thought about this for a show because I was listening to the Boom Podcast with... James and Kevin, and I think they continue on uh, with the conversation that Garrett and Dave Meltzer started about, you know, who's going to be that superstar on the Bayface side to step up in, in AEW. And I was just thinking about that a lot and thinking like, first I started thinking about, you know, some of the guys on the roster who you can elevate, you know, to that next level. But I kept thinking, like, what, what's what's missing, right? Like, what's what's going on here? What is missing? And I think a big misfire has been Kenny Omega's return back from uh, back from his injury and then his suspension with uh, after this the scuffle with uh, CM Punk. I think him Kenny Omega being put in the trios. I can't, like you said, trios. That's what it's called. It's a six man tag team title, really. The six te- man tag team championship division, instead of featuring him as a top single star. I know that Kenny Omega and the Bucks really wanted to do these six man tag team matches, elevate these six man tag team titles, but. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm like, you know what though? I need you, Kenny, as a single competitor. Um, I know he's probably, you know, maybe saving himself because, you know, all the injuries. So, you know, he can hide a little more in six man tags. He's not, but he still goes all out in six man tags. He went all out in that great match with uh, Will Ospreay at the Tokyo Dome. I just think they really need him on the babyface side. I think not putting him on the babyface si- side as a singles competitor really hurt, really hurt AEW. Um, the stuff, you know, right now, who's our top babyfaces, like really top babyfaces? is Brian Danielson. But something seems missing with that, that match with MJF for the title. Um, it's gonna be a great match because you know Brian Danielson's in it and you have NJF's really good but for me it what kills me is it I mean, it's just that that stipulation Iron Man match I'm just I you know when I was a kid I loved Iron Man matches but um but as I got older and and started really studying the booking side of things and really you know thought about the iron Man match the book in general it's 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 a good idea on paper, but in execution. I mean, there have been some really good Ironman matches. It's just people are just they just know it's going a full hour. There's there's no drama until the last ten to fifteen minutes of the match, right? Or or you know, so like they, they kind of just sit sit around until then. Um un- you know, unfortunately. So I just think it'd be I don't know, maybe the, the, I think the Iron Man match is throwing me off, is, but then again, it just seems kind of like missing something with the, uh, with Brian Danson and MGF. Something is just not there. I can't put my finger on it. Um, And I, and I think after Brian Danson, you have John Moxley, but John Moxley's been doing this stuff with Hangman Adam Page that, you know, I think they kind of changed directions a bit with some of the story of that and. Because of, uh, I don't think it was a program that was going to necessarily happen originally. Maybe it it was, but, you know, Hangman Page was scheduled to beat someone else to uh, elevate himself back into championship contender status. That didn't work out. The person didn't want to do the business with, uh, but Tony had planned for that, so that didn't work out. So... So we they end up doing Hangman Page and John Moxley, and in doing so, this program has kind of hurt them both when it came, comes to being babyfaces, right? Moxley comes off as like a, a bully, or that he's more heelish uh, in this program. Hangman and Page, you're trying to elevate to. Possibly the next challenger to MJF is coming off like a whiny baby. So it's hard to get behind him as a wrestling fan. So after that, it's a big drop off of baby faces. Ricky Starks, there was some momentum with him. But like anyone that kind of fused with Chris Jericho kind of loses momentum as the as the program goes on. Um, and he's kind of just it's it started off good, big win for Ricky Starks. That was great, you know, over Chris Jericho. But then, as I continue to feud, and you put some emphasis on action Andretti over Ricky Starks, and just the 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 pretty poor booking of it as it gone as it's gone forward has really just kind of took the momentum away from Ricky Starks, Wardlow. We talked about this many a times. Uh, his, you know, he was on a meteoric rise. Uh, peep up to his match with MJF, he destroys MJF at the pay per view, and then they follow that up with uh, Wardlow feuding with Mark Sterling, who's just a, you know a parody wrestling manager, not over at all, and him Wardlow fighting security guards. I think in Tony Khan's mind, he's like, "Oh, you know, Warlord will destroy these guys, and he'll still get over it." But yes, the fans want to see him destroy people, but go with the formula of just the Goldberg formula. It's it's not it's right there. Let him just continue what he's doing: destroy people, destroy people. Uh, Dave Meltzer on a tweet with someone mentioned that he thought. The TNT, he knew the TNT title would cool Warlow off, and to me, that's that's, to me, that's not what happened. The TNT title is not going to cool him off. What cooled him off was the poor booking by Tony Khan. And because if you look at Bill Goldberg, right, and his rise up, New Yorker rise up in the the WCW ranks, he won the U.S. title in uh, April of 1998. Which is, you know, the top secondary title to the world titles. Same as TNT title is a secondary title to the AEW championship. But Goldberg continued to go get hot, continue, and because the form was still the same after he won the title, he destroyed people. You know, he just ran through the flock and continued just to beat people and went, You know, as the U.S. champion until they, you know, they they pulled the trigger and put the tit- world title on him as well. Um, though I think they could have extended that run as US champion, of course, and de- did a big Hulk Hogan Goldberg match at Cave 98, but that's WCW. That's old history, but you can learn from history and Warlow St. Deal. Beats Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. Continues to appear on television, quickly destroying all challengers, right? AEW is full of matches, that are fifteen minutes long, multiple false finishes. Uh, it's it's a nice change of pace when you have one badass monster going out there and just doing his power bomb. Sympathy was a super over and just destroy people. You know, it, they, people did it for Goldberg. Bigger stars in AEW did it for Goldberg. Went out there and lost, in, you know, in a minute or less. Shit, Scott Norton lost in like a minute thirty to Goldberg. Put him over. Uh, Kurt Hennig put Goldberg over when he was a US, you know. So it's like <laughs> you guys sacrifice some people to continue the rise of Wardlow. And so Wardlow just boom, momentum was gone, and he should be up there as like you know. We should be seeing. We should be wanting at this point like oh man we can't wait to wardlow once again gets mgf for the aw title because last time he faced mgf he destroyed him right like you, you should get a point you got plant those seeds we'll see what happens after um revolution here in, in the bay area at the pay-per-view if so you know warlow some more joe program can help elevate warlord back to back to uh the popularity that he had before i'm not sure but i think it's simple i think he destroys you should maybe have him destroy samoa joe at the pay-per-view regain the title and kind of then again continue him just destroying people maybe get back right on that horse with that um you know make a big statement at the pay-per-view you know the pay-per-view is going to be eight per views are like what 10 hours long it's a I think we'll all be happy with one quick match on the card, and I'd, it'd be cool to see Warlord do that. If your goal is to, you know, really get Warlord back up, it's that's one of the a major first step. It sucks, to sacrifice Joe for it, but because I thought I think Joe's been doing such a great job as a TNT champion, he's, but. Warlow still young, still has a bright future. There's still a big match with MGF. It built you correctly. Um I say you just have Joe, uh, sorry, Warlow destroy Joe at the pay-per-view. So that so who's out there? A powerhouse, Hobbs. He could be a, a pretty big babyface, but they're doing nothing with him. They did this whole <laughs> Three part series of vignettes called the Book of Hobbs, and you felt like something big was going to come out of it. And all it was was he's been carrying a book around. There's two weeks left to the pay per view, and I don't know if they even started mentioning what Hobbs will do at the pay per view. I hope he does something because he's from the Bay Area. He's from Palo Alto. Uh, you know, there's no there's no excuse for him not being fe- featured his last few weeks, building up to whatever he would be doing at the pay-per-view in his hometown. Now, I have a feeling they're just going to stick him in the the face of the Revolution Ladder match and, you know, whatever. Uh, one guy that probably could be a good option is Adam Cole. Uh, he has a great story, of course. Uh, really serious head injury. Didn't know he was ever going to wrestle again. Was making strides in his physical therapy, having having setbacks. um, he could be a top bay face guy because he he can carry himself as top bay face. He knows how to cut promos as a top bay face. Um, my concern is though, injury prone at this point. Now, what happens if he gets something that happens? I mean, head injuries are scary. But then again, I've said that about Brian Daniels and I always worry about him. But he continues to go. But you know, everyone's different. But I feel like we wouldn't be having such a big issue on the babyface side if Kenny Omega wasn't straight up featured as a singles competitor, put back in that position. I think right now, Kenny Omega as a six man tag team champion, it's just the fans aren't interested in it. They love Kenny Omega, but they don't want to see him doing six man tag team matches. They want to see him, you know and a more meteor program with something. Uh, I think that's this whole thing. Like when they got back from some suspension and they had this best of seven series with the Lucha bros over at, uh, you know, over the, uh, the six man tactic championship. And as I expected, as these matches went on, you know, it was going to go all seven people would get tired. I know they try to f- change things up with booking stipulation matches in this best of seven series, which I to me was just, 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 just uncreative um, on their part as workers. If you know, they could not do seven six man tag team championship wrestling matches. They had to do, you know, street fight ladder matches, whatever the else they did, you know, like, they couldn't be, they're not that creative enough as workers, in my opinion, to do seven really good pro wrestling matches, right? Like, they had to use a crutch with some kind of special stipulation. So, that was a big disappointment. And by the time we got to those matches, we're, I mean, I know a lot of pretty strong-hearted uh, AEW fans who will defend most things. They, they they Even them were telling me that they were getting kind of tired of this program and and even then they always say like i just wish kenny omega would do something more than a six-man tag team champion and then come tokyo dome with kenny omega versus will osprey we saw what made people love about kenny omega right They, that's what they want. They want New Japan Kenny in AEW. They don't want this Kenny in AEW who's, you know, goofing most of the time, not acting serious. Um, they want they want the big game player Kenny Omega in AEW, and and they want him on the Bayve side. I, I still think. The heel, heel turn by Kenny Omega was was not a right move, right? It was shocking, right, at the time. But I still think he was playing heel wrestling champion. I didn't believe him as a heel wrestling champion. I believe him as I believe a Bayface world champion, but not a Bayface, I'm sorry, heel world champion. And I thought his reign was it was good, much better than hanging pages. Um, but I think if it was Bayface Kenny versus, uh, versus, you know, whatever heels you have lined up for him would have been a lot more interesting and a lot more believable in my opinion. So I think like when he got back from suspension, you know, you just got a nix. You don't have CM pump because of, Legal reasons and all that stuff. What happened with that? With the with the with the, uh, with the fight after the pay per view that after this media scrum, the infamous media scrum. So what do you do? I say, you know, guys, I'm I'm Tony Khan. Like I need Kenny on the Bayface side because we are lacking Bay Faces, right? Moxley, we've done that this whole you know 2022. I need someone going forward in 2023. And and I would have gone with Kenny. Put him in that spot. Because that's what the fans want. AEW fans probably adore Kenny Omega the most of any wrestler on that roster, right? When AEW started, Kenny Omega was the guy, right? And... I, I just think it's such a waste of his time to be stuck in these six-man tag team matches. And as I'm recording this, as you're hearing this on a Saturday morning, a lot of rumors are going around about Kenny Omega's contract status. Um, I was just listening to a podcast today. I think it was, uh, yeah, the drive-thru Jim Cornette. And they mentioned that his contract is coming up soon. Some people are saying it's already due up, and, you know, and and maybe Tony Khan felt, since he only had a short window, like, you know, with Omega, you never know what he's going to do. His, his contract's coming up soon. He didn't want to p- put him in that single position as leverage, possibly, because like that, what happened with someone else which I don't know if that's even out, that story. But but, Ken, I still say, like, how are you not going to resign Kenny, right? He is a huge part of AEW. And I would have nipped this in the butt and before this all contract got close enough. Like, let's get this handled like in, you know, ASAP. Uh, within six months before, like I would want to lock, lock down Kenny Omega for a few more years, right? I don't understand how it gets to this point where his talent, Tony Khan's talent, can use their go- negotiating power, you know? I think, I, in my heart of hearts, I think Kenny Omega's going to re-sign with AEW because... I think Kenny Omega in WWE, which would be a a big money offer, I'm sure. He'd make a lot of money. But I think ultimately he's kind of a free spirit and probably wouldn't be happy with the structure that WWE has and, and all that. Maybe I'd be wrong, but I can see it just not really working out in the long term. But I, I can see him enjoying his freedom of AEW. And doing whatever he wants to do, which he can do whatever he wants to do, you know, if he wants to do New Japan, he can do New Japan. You know, even wants to play Twitch all day, he can play Twitch all day. You know, I just think it's, <laughs> I just think it's, it's better for him to be the that guy right now. It's it's you got to look at the future. I still think guy like Ricky Stark is the future, and the Bay Face should be. Let's God. Let's hope he can survive this Chris Jericho feud, and we can get him back running again. Get some momentum behind him. Same with Wardlow. I'm hoping that happens as well. But for the short time, I think we need to go with Kenny Omega. Um, if you know CM Punk's not coming back, there's you know talk that he may be coming back. He should be healed up from his injury uh, soon. So, you know, Tony's paying him. Still on the contract. Can they put it all together? Work it out? And bring CM Punk back? Because they really need CM Punk back right now. The AEW's momentum is just not existent right now. Like, it's kind of... They don't have that same energy anymore. The crowds are still pretty much hot other than this this last episode. crowd wasn't really into everything. But then again, it was a really bad show. They had on Dynamite. So if they can't get CM Punk back. You need to put Kenny in a top Bay Bay position, right? Kenny versus MJF. That's a big deal match. It's a big deal match to do. People would be really into it, I think. Um, I could, you know, you could see Don. I could see Don Callis turning on. Kenny and going with MJF and you because I think MJF needs something as well. He's great, he's fantastic, but every time he comes out to the ring by himself, I just feel like there's something missing. Maybe it's because I saw him with Warlow all the time, or I saw him with the the pinnacle he had. But I think he just needs someone there. I think Don Callis would be perfect in that role, and that could you know he could turn he could he can turn on. Omega, like you know, Omega turned on Moxley and, and Don Callis could be the catalyst for that, and go with MJF, and then you know leave You know he's going with the hot hand now, the hot start. He's going with the money. He's, you know that's to be great. You know, and then Kenny Omega can chase MJF. So I think right now he is the uh, the shot in the arm that they need. Is Kenny Omega? Again, as a singles bay face wrestler challenging for the title, uh, you know, building a program to be MJF for a title. They need they 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 definitely need Kenny Omega back. So so I'm looking forward to see what they got planned after Revolution. Revolution to me to me hasn't really been the build hasn't been great at all. Um I'm hoping after Revolution Tony can get focused and build to a, a you know learn from his mistakes here building to this Revolution and, and correct him going into the next pay-per-view in May at, at Double or Nothing um like to see him get some new people over uh I t- like you said I'm going to look at, I'm going to look how he how he does with the Warlow after this um Starks uh We'll see if he can get Jungle Boy up as a single star. I don't think so. I think Jungle Boy. I, I love Jack. Great kid, but I think until Jack can really break out of his shell, <coughs> he's showing more fire. But I just think he's right there, going to be in the middle on the you know middle tier baby Face. A guy who could be interesting is Hook, though, but he needs to start cutting promos a little bit. We need to get more, more about him. He's another guy you talk about lost so momentum is Hook, so maybe he can be a surprise guy. But I think the guy is Ricky Stark. You know, he is that guy um, of the future. Uh, he's just a super charismatic, and fans just want to root for that guy. You he's super talented. So I hope that's the case. So we'll see coming up in a W um, quickly. I want to talk about some, this, you know, this is Saturday morning. You'll be listening to this. Two big shows are happening. The biggest show of them all, of course, is uh WWE's elimination chamber pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever they're calling these days. Um, WWE's on fire right now. Uh, the interest is really high. Um, uh, there's a, I mean, it's going to be probably the biggest viewed pay-per-view. It might even double, or not double, but it definitely might ex- exceed, uh, Royal Rumble's views because there's a lot of interest in that Sammy Zayn and, and Roman Reigns match. And should they pull the trigger on Sammy, you know, because he's in la Montreal. Blah, blah, blah. I still think they can get out of it without putting the belt on Sammy um, without pissing off in a negative in a pissing off in a, in a good way that's going to draw heat and want people to tune in to see sammy get his revenge on whoever and and what's next for him um you know maybe the usos the you know, owens can really ignite the Sami Zayn, kevin owens uh tag team match versus the usos at wrestlemania if that's still the plan if that is the plan um uh, there's like some great intrigue where Jay lethal stands in this whole deal um there's a lot of ways they can go so it's very interesting um um uh, as i'm recording this this is friday night you're gonna be hearing this on saturday morning i mean i had some free time the wife wanted to turn in early she's pretty tired so like right away i was like you know i I'm going to turn on SmackDown now because I really want to see what they got going on. And I usually don't do that. I usually wait till the next day or maybe a little later in the night, you know, before I go to bed, I kind of throw it on, but I was like, I'm really interested in this and this what they got going on in WWE. And, and just to SmackDown alone, this first hour was, has been really good. There's a really fun Ronda Rousey, uh, Shaney Baszler tag teaming against, uh, Natty, Neidhart, and Shotzi. Really fun uh, opening match. Um, you know, a little clunky at times and uh, not smooth. Um, and that's okay for me. You know, just, uh, you know, I don't like everything being like this smooth match. I like when things are a little rough. Um, there's some timing issues um, with Ronda a bit, um, especially at the finish. I thought she should have been quicker to the finish. Um but uh, overall, it was a fun match, and then, the, and then, you know, Bray. I'm not, you know, I like Bray Wyatt. I just not into Uncle Howdy's part of it, and I don't. Cause I think because the Uncle Howdy gimmick looks kind of goofy. I don't. I'm not into the mask. It just doesn't look cool at all. Um, but you know, after that match, they come out Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy get in the ring, and then instead of like this long drawn out promos that Bray can does. In talks and riddles, this time he went straight to the point. Like, hey, I want the winner of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, and I assume that's going to be the match at WrestleMania now, which uh, which makes me happy. Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt, I think it's going to be a, a, that'll be a, a fun match. Um, and I kind of glad it's not going to be Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. I want to see that match down the line, but I didn't want to see it. You know, this soon, even if it's at WrestleMania, I think the idea of Gunther defending the Intercontinental Title against uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in a, in a triple threat match is 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 a good match. I'm not a triple threat match kind of guy, but I mean, all those three guys are sensational workers, and they can definitely make it work. Right? That sure it's going to be a banger, no pun intended, but. And, you know, then the Elimination Chamber, I'm not really excited about the Women's Chamber match. It just... I'm trying to remember if there has been a really good one. Um, and off the top of my head, it doesn't... Nothing stands out, so I don't think there was. But, you know, I could be wrong. But the Men's Chamber match, I think, it's going to be really good. I assume it's going to open the show because, no doubt, Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns are closing the show, as it should. And... But I think the you know the men's elimination chamber is going to be fantastic. A lot of good talent in there. Uh, expect a uh, Bronson Reed splash off the you know the pod <laughs> crashing down because I can't. And I don't think he's winning it, and I, I. But you know he can lose, but still have that memorable moment where it overshadows his loss by when he goes off the top rope, tries that big splash, and and crashes and burns. Uh, I still think Austin Theory is going to win, and he should. Um, Austin Theory's booking has been just up and down. Um, You know, I would say WWE's booking has been pretty solid, but I think with Austin Theory, I think they kind of tend to just beat him up too much, make him a goof too much, and, you know, you need some kind of edge to this guy. I liked what they were starting with, adding some edge to him, but kinda kinda of, kind of fell back into like kind of like always getting his butt kicked here and there and Ah. You know, you gotta just take don't let him be the, you know, the butt of the jokes at times. You know, it's just cause he's younger and you feel you can get away with it, but nah, you gotta go, you know, Randy Orton wasn't treated like that when he was on the rise, right? Like you gotta go I'm you know, I am telling Tony Khan has to follow the should follow the Goldberg formula with the Wardlow. Triple H needs to follow the the Randy Orton formula with Austin Theory, because Austin Theory, I think he has that Randy Orton level potential, you know. Um, so, so but I'm, I'm pretty excited about Roman Reigns. I'm not going to watch live though because I'm going to be at New Japan's Battle of the Valley show here, right in my hometown, San Jose. Um, really looking forward to that show. And that show just be, you know, I was looking forward to going, looking forward to hanging out with my guys, you know, my boys, just, you know, watch some wrestling. Um, I wasn't like, oh man, I can't wait to see these matches. You know, they were money matches announced when we got these tickets. So I thought I'd be, you know, like a few other New Japan shows that I went to in the past, you know, good, some good solid stuff. But as things kept like building, you know, you had the, uh, Mercedes Monets, uh, New Japan in ring debut the, you know, the former Sasha Banks versus Kairi Singh for the new Japan women's championship. That was a, that's a pretty big match. And, but the, this card has been, is really exciting. Um, there's a match on the, uh, on the, uh, the undercard that's opening up the show that I'm really looking forward to seeing. And that's, uh, Alex Coglin versus uh JR Kratos. Uh you guys most of you probably know my history at JR Kratos on you know, APW, Premier Wrestling. Um you know, he's a good friend. I always support whatever he does in wrestling. He's a good dude. Um it's going to be a thrill for me to see him compete in person in a New Japan ring. I'm getting a little emotional, actually, when I say that. Um, just because I'm so proud, you know, I'm proud of this guy, and you know, he's been grinding for a long, long time, and I'm so happy that New Japan has seen his work, seen how such a hard worker is, he, see how what a great employee he is, and continue to feature him. And I want to see him go to Japan. You know, I know he was there with the All Japan, but I want to see him in Japan, in New Japan. I want to see him at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, he's a freaking hell of a guy, hell of a talent. So that's going to open the show. And I'm like, dude, I can't miss that match. I was talking to my uh, my good buddy, Heartbreak Kid, Dave Rubio. We're driving together to the show. I was like, we, you know, I, just, I told him, the, the opening match, yeah at six uh, six twenty it's Jr. versus Alex Cogan we got to see that match so and you know there's a lot of cool stuff like Jay White versus Eddie Kingston uh, Jay White you know one of my favorite wrestlers to watch today I just love his work um, Kingston <laughs> there's a guy who I forgot to mention earlier who should be a top top babyface in AEW, you know. But it just kind of, I don't know, man. It's just like, he's just a natural. You know, people love this guy, the everyman, the street fighter. A guy, you know, he's not, you know, like they get behind this guy. He used to get, to, he, you know, any, he could relate to anyone. He's like a common man, right? Just a blue collar fighter. And they just, you know, he had this thing with Chris Jericho. And then after the feud with that was over, he just, just nothing happened. Weird, huh? How that happens with Chris Jericho. So like everyone who refuses to Chris Jericho ends up just nothing happening out of it. No moment, no forward momentum. Um, But, you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing K- Kingston. It's my, I think it's my first time I've ever seen Kingston live in a person. Wrestling Jay White. And there's this, you know, they added a stipulation, which is kind of a funny stipulation. Uh, loser Leaves New Japan. Um, Jay White recently lost a loser leave Japan match. I don't see him losing the stip to Eddie Kingston, because Eddie Kingston is just he's not really a new Japan guy. He's an AEW guy. He's been, you know, featured here and there on New Japan, but n- nothing like so that was a little weird. But another match I'm looking forward to on the card is um Fred Rosser defending his New Japan strong title against Kenta. Um uh Fred Rosser just hell of a talent man he's just so good I love watching his work um he just does everything right and and I'm just I think him and Kenta are gonna have a hell of a match I think kenta's you know is gonna work perfectly with with Ross is just that classic babyface champion you want to root for um it's a great seller to get sympathy um I think this would be a, it's gonna be a sleeper match um, Zach Saber Jr. versus Chuck Connors for the uh, really ugly looking New Japan TV title. Uh, but you know, Clark Connors is you know one of my favorites of the, the um the LA Dojo guys, you know, you know, Carl Fredericks is not there no more. So, you know, but I you know he so my second figure was always Clark Connors, and I think him and uh, Saber Jr. are gonna have a hell of a match. So that match is awesome. And you got some sprinkled in and some you know multi man <laughs> tag team matches. You got talent like Voldor Jr., Josh Alexander. We even got a no ropes uh blood sport style match between filthy Tom Waller and Homicide, which would be I think it's gonna be a tremendous match because. Homicide, I believe, wrestled on maybe the third or fourth Bloodsport show. And I remember him having a really wild match on there, and he was different than everyone else on you know on that on that show. Uh, I think him and uh, Tom Lawler gonna do some crazy, great stuff and creative stuff, and that's so. I, this this car is awesome. So if you're not gonna be there live in San Jose, um. I say you you have to order it on pay per view. Make sure you order it. Um, I think it's one you just can't miss, right? And oh, by the way, the main event is Okada defending the IWGP title against Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> and what I just can't—I'm just super excited, you know. You know, obviously, I'm a pro wrestling fan. I'm not one of those guys who are, you know, in the business or been in the business. Who always go? Well, I, you know, I, I don't care. I like. Hey, I, I started as a pro wrestling fan. I love pro wrestling, and and I love great pro wrestling. And Okada versus Tanahashi is great pro wrestling. Um, to me, it's up there with the greatest in rings rivalries in wrestling history. I'm talking about the classic championships wrestling series of matches. You know we, as you we you know, you hear people talk about Dory Funk Jr. and Jack Briscoe, their legendary in ring program, um, Ric Flair versus Rick Steamboat, their in-ring program. Uh Misawa versus Kawada, their rivalry, Masawa versus uh Kenta Kobashi. Um to me, also in that is um Okada versus Tanahashi. Tanahashi is one of my all time favorite wrestlers. He is, to me, the modern day Jack Briscoe. Um, just that classic champion. He has this a very superstar just presence. He looks like he looks great, even at his age, with all the injuries. He still performs at a high level when it matters. And this is a big match for the title. He is gonna bring out everything he can, and have a great match because that's what Tanahashi does. Okada is great, as we all know. Um, and I used to, you know, I, ne- I never got to see in person. Obviously, Jack Briscoe versus Dory Funk Jr. Um, never got to see in person. Obviously, Ric Flair versus uh, Rick Steamboat. And so I was like, ah, I wish I you know, we always talk about that. I wish I was could see one of those matches live. That would have been the greatest thing if I saw one of those matches live between those two, those one of those rivalries live. But never got a chance, obviously. And then the one I was like, oh man, I would love to go see Okada versus Tanahashi, and I could right if I really you know there's a strong chance if I wanted to pay for a ticket to go to Japan to see it, you know that was. A possibility but a very expensive possibility but it you know eventually could happen it's not it's a realistic reality right that that can happen but then one day in 2019 they decided to do g1 climax tournament start night one in the united states in dallas texas and the main event was okada versus tanahashi and when that was announced I thought about all the ways I could, you know, get there, make sure I had all my financials and, you know, ready to go so I could do it. But it just couldn't happen. I got other responsibilities, you know, family responsibilities. You know, it was, a, it was, it just, I was unable to do it. Right. I couldn't leave my wife, you know, with my, you know, with two little kids at the time. And I just couldn't do it, and just inside, just kind of killed me, right? It just just killed me because I'm like, oh, I wish I could see that rivalry in person. That's my chance. It's never gonna happen again. Just bum- bummed out, right? Extremely bummed out. I watched it live. I believe it was on Access TV. I watched the match live on uh, on Access. But and as I'm watching it, there's a part of me like, oh God, I just wish I was there to witness this in person, right? Well, what a gift we got. Tanahashi Okada, tomorrow night, or tonight actually, as, as as you're listening to this, in San Jose, in my hometown, holy shit. I get to witness another chapter in their great in-ring rivalry. I am super stoked um, to see this. It's a big deal for me as a fan of pro wrestling. Um I'm gonna be there. I'm even I don't think I'll be jumping around cheering. It's not me, but I'll be just watching it and studying it and just just taking these two legends in and you know and I, and, I, and I hope and I know they will put on a just a, another classic match. So super excited about tomorrow, as you could probably tell. And hey, I don't mind sh- sharing my excitement. I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm not embarrassed. To love pro wrestling. To love great pro wrestling. And um, it's going to be a fun night, man. It's going to be a special night. My first pro wrestling show back since the pandemic. And I know some people are going to be like, John, but did you say you were at some show last year? Yes, I was at a show. I was at a show that there was a ring ring. There was two professional wrestling matches on the card. And no matter how hard those four individuals worked to put on a log- logical, you know, solid for wrestling matches, the stench of what happened outside of those two matches hurt my soul so bad. I don't even want to remember that show. Right. Don't even want to admit I was even there. <laughs> I wish I can go back in time and just not go. But I only went because I had two very good friends on that card that were working. One person that was one one of my friends who I haven't seen in a very long time because he lives overseas, so I had to go. I had to see him, had to meet his beautiful fiance, and had to go see my good friend, another good friend who was wrestling that night. And by the way, those are the wrestlers that had wrestling matches that night. But so I'm, I, but I just this is my first show I've gonna see since the pandemic and been a long time and there's a lot of people that are going to see from sounds uh, a lot of people i'm gonna fans from the barrier wrestling fans are gonna be there it's so cool to run into them. there's some new fans i'm gonna meet that in person who i just you know just only talked on twitter before so uh super excited to meet everyone and talk to people and you know hope people are you know listeners of this podcast the take it Own podcast are gonna be there so uh pretty pumped so everyone enjoy this weekend of some really good pro wrestling if you're going and I like I again highly recommend you guys definitely putting the money out for uh for the New Japan Pay-Per-View and I'm trying to remember how much it is. I you know New Japan they're not too expensive from what I remember. Um I don't know if it's going to be on I think it's going to be on Fight, I believe. Yeah, here we go. 99 guys. Freaking 1999! I watch this pay per view to watch Okada versus Tanahashi, to watch Jack Saber Jr. versus Clark Connors, to watch Tom Lawler versus Homicide, to watch Jay White versus Eddie Kingston, to watch Fred Rosser versus Kenta, to see my boy JR. Kratos do what he does, kicking an ass. And oh, I forgot Motor Machine Guns are on the card as well. Holy shit! Uh, Josh Alexander, Impact World Champions on the card. Uh, Volador is on the card. Kushida is in the car like dude 20 bucks you freaking kidding me 20 bucks dude that's an easy buy right there easy buy for any wrestling fan. so everyone thanks for listening to take it on podcast have a great recent great, great great weekend yeah have a great weekend enjoy yourself and most importantly be safe take care